tell my part, my dead and lovely part. I just don't think you'd understand. <laughs> Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, to Dead and Lovely, your absolute favorite horror movie review podcast where good old Uncle Ben here and his main man, Hollywood Steve, talk about our favorite and least favorite horror flicks and just generally kind of shoot the shit and have a good time. How are you doing today, Steve? Man, uh, if that, if I were in here better, there'd have to be two of me, I think. Oh, man. Are you happier than a puppy with two Peters? Happier than a puppy with two Peters and hotter than a three-peckered billy goat. <laughs> Are you hotter than two rats fucking in a wool sock? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> Is it getting hot out there in the Hollywood Hills? No, it's not, but, uh, you know, I'm coming to you live from uh, Pillow Fort in Koreatown, and oh. uh, let me tell you... Not a lot of circulation in the fort. I think I want to start like a hardcore band called Koreatown Pillow Fort. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we'd be fucking slamming, dude. Yeah, just fucking, like, punching everything. That's your first song, punching everything. Punching everything. We put out one, like, four-song split, and we play, Uh like, one show, and then we'd quit. Yeah. You you get into a huge fight. Yeah, massive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) What have you been up to this week, man? Oh, gosh, it hasn't been that long since we last recorded. We're kind of slamming tight, them out. Yeah, on a tight schedule because uh, you're going to Viet fucking Nam. I'm going to Nam to fight Charlie and play guitars uh, at the Winter Nam convention out actually in your neck of the woods. Yeah, now let's be serious though. You're you're coming out here for your Nambla conference. Yeah, um, that's what it is. It is. <laughs> let's be real. Our- all right, Namblers, let's get namblin'. <laughs> Jesus. That's the theme this year. All right, Namblers, let's get namblin'. <laughs> I like it. I think it's good. It's catchy. <laughs> um, I haven't, uh, haven't done a whole hell of a lot. Uh, I went to um, my, my cousin and his uh, girlfriend, my friend, just got engaged and Aww. went to an engagement party downtown. Um, Malwich. Yeah, that's, that's what brought us there that day. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, that was a that was a real fun time. Got to see some friends I hadn't seen in a while. And other than that, my my wife and I have been. Uh, we watched Planet Earth two recently. Oh, dude, I was just scrolling through Netflix like yeah. yesterday, and I saw that that was on there. I wasn't even aware of it. Is it the shit? It's so fucking awesome. Like, have you seen the first Planet Earth? Yeah, it's one of my favorite things in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. Best enjoying. It's so good. And it's absolutely best enjoyed in an altered state of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. How is two? Is it sick? Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, Really great. Great, like, high-def stuff. Stuff that looks unreal at times. Like, um, there are these uh, birds that they show, Mm -hmm. and they look like a charcoal drawing of a bird. What? And like in, in high def, it's just like, what in the hell? How is that real? Um, and they also, the last episode is cities and they like talk about how animals like ha- are adapting to live in cities. Uh, that one's Rad. really good. I really enjoyed that one, especially they're like uh, two different sections on different types of monkeys that have taken up residence. One is in India and another, I think, right in Indonesia. I can't remember, but uh so interesting. That Such sounds cool stuff. rad, man. I really love watching that kind of stuff too, where you see those 
those animals that, like you said, you can't even believe they're real. They look like a Jim Henson's Creature Shop creature because yeah. ultimately what you're looking at, when you look at some of those weird, fucked up animals like an axolotl or a platypus or whatever, uh-huh. you're just looking at what happens when you have evolution or adaptation going, I don't know, maybe we try this. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they yeah. end up with. It's like... Gosh, what, what 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 might work to make us the dominant species and keep my bloodline alive? And it's like, I don't know. Maybe I lay eggs and I have a duck bill and I have poisonous spurs on my elbows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's what? like, maybe that'll take us to the top. Yeah. I don't know. Jesus, it's amazing. Like, um, I, I was thinking about it while watching it that, like, um, like everything we do as humans, every philosophy or art or anything we do, um, with our thought is, is never equal to anything in nature. Like mm-hmm. nature is, is like, it just is, it's amazing. And like unfathomable how it came to be like i mean you can't you can fathom it but the more you do the deeper you get to it the harder it is to really understand it um like nothing we can imagine nothing we can think of is is ever as amazing as you know just seeing um you know bonobos or something (laughs) like it's just like how how did this happen so the cool thing i guess is you know uh when we're talking about human thought the that is probably the greatest thing or the most complex thing in, in human evolution. So when you're talking about human thought and stuff, it is amazing, but it, it just, it doesn't inspire that sense of awe, like looking at nature does. No doubt, man. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating stuff to think about. And it's kind of like you're saying, it's like, we can, we can marvel at the complexity of the human mind and all this kind of jazz, but like ultimately, and this is one of those things that does kind of crack me up, you know, as humans our entire lives we've been obsessed with this notion of save the planet save the planet save the Mm -hmm. planet and it's like ultimately even if we fuck things up so bad that they're uninhabitable due to climate change due to nuclear winter whatever yeah ultimately all the humans will die off and then the earth will just keep going it's like yeah what we're saying is keep the earth habitable for humans you know it's like yeah. the, the earth will go on without us yes, Pro- probably it better off really yes it probably would be so, absolutely if uh if we were completely gone yeah exactly and it's like all of our bleeding heart ideas about save the planet it's like really what we're saying is keep it livable for us please yeah <laughs> yeah i know well i mean i think i think that uh maybe that's a trouble that people who are anti you know, environmental protection uh, are having is that they're just thinking like, there's no way we can destroy this earth. Like, okay, yeah, okay, we probably can't completely destroy this earth, but we can make it so that we can't live on it anymore. So absolutely, so let's absolutely. fix that. Let's let's work on that. I'll tell you one of my favorite things that the planet Earth has ever has ever spewed forth is the incredible magical ingredients that went into creating this absolutely heavenly brew I am currently imbibing right now. What it is? So there is a brewery in Tennessee called Bearded Iris. Okay. And they make an IPA called the Homestyle IPA. And it, All right. Dude, 
it is just fucking insane. Like it's it's in like the top three East Coast beers I've ever had. Period. It's ridiculous, awesome. dude. It's expensive as fuck. That's the only thing about it okay. is because they're a small place. Like I found a it's a four pack of they're tall boys though they're pints. Okay. But it was like fifteen bucks. Mm. But honest to God, it's totally worth it because if you go out to a brewery and you buy three pints, that's fifteen bucks usually. So. Yeah. It's kind of a buy three get one free kind of affair, and it's it's insane, dude. It's one of those IPAs that, I mean, for one, just looking at it here in the glass, it looks like a glass of orange juice. Like you can't see through it at all. You know, it's, wow. it's really cloudy, really hazy, uh-huh. really uh, really juicy, like, and it's super hoppy, and it's got all of that wonderful shit that all your West Coast stuff out there has. It's got that, uh-huh. you know, kind of grapefruit rind, orangey luscious luscious taste man it's so fucking good luscious is one of those words that i'm surprised people don't hate i know yeah yeah because like people hate moist and moist doesn't really bother me (laughs) uh but luscious uh, lover is the grossest word in the english language not a fan yeah lover (laughs) oh you drink anything tonight steve uh, yeah, just sipping on uh, a little uh, coke and rum. Yeah. Delicious. A Cuba Libre, a little lime in there. Delicious, oh, man. Wonderful call. What kind of rum are you are you rocking there? Sailor Jerry, my man. Yeah, that's a good call, mm-hmm. man. That's a good call. I just, uh, yeah, I find that especially, rum. especially like when you're doing that with a coke, it keeps it from being too awfully sugary, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, I'm also sipping on Diet Coke. Oh. You know, like our president, huh? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Drinks 12 a day. Nuh-uh. Yeah. That, well, that's the report in that book that came out recently. Holy that he drinks shit. 12 a day. That's insane. How do you feel about a Kraken rum? Have you had that? I have. Uh, Yeah, it's it's got a little bit more of a, I would say, a, a bit of a licorice taste to it, I yeah. think. There's something about it that has like a dark kind of flavor to it, yeah. Yeah. I like it's it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's enjoyable. I never had it with Coke, though, so I'm not really sure how it mixes. Yeah, I haven't either. So, yeah, uh, what have you been watching, Ben? Okay, the biggest things that I can tell you that I've been watching. So, uh, I have watched a few more episodes of Broad City, which continues to be fucking hilarious. Hell yeah. I posted like a little Facebook status the other day of how I'd been watching that show and that I fucking love it. Uh-huh. And... It was like pretty much radio silence, and then I think I got like one person. I was like, "It's good," and then like several other people are like, "It's fucking horrible." It tends to be a real love it or leave it show, apparently. Apparently, yeah. Well, a lot of people don't find women funny. So. Uh, yeah, but we watched the one where um, they're all stuck inside because of the hurricane, and yeah, uh, that there ends up, awesome. dude, there ends up being the poop and the shoe and stuff, and uh huh. Fuck, it was so funny, man. It was so funny. Then I think the last one that we watched was when they go out to that like really fancy restaurant. Yeah. And Homegirl's ordering all like the shellfish and stuff, even though she's allergic. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so funny. Dude, at the end, she ends up like carrying her out and she's like all full of adrenaline and shit because she stabbed herself with the EpiPen. Yeah. She's cut her hand up. She's like smearing blood all over her friend and shit and carrying her out. They're knocking over glasses with her head and shit. God, that show's so funny. It's so fucking funny, dude. Like, And like I said on a couple episodes ago, like it's a total accident that we stumbled into watching it, but it's so fucking funny. So I'm enjoying that. But I would say the most 
significant thing that we watched this week is motherfucking Blade Runner 2049. Finally saw it. Oh, yeah? Is it awesome? It's fucking awesome. Have you not seen it yet? I have not. Holy shit, dude. We should just probably pull like an emergency wildcard episode so I can watch it again. Actually, I'm, g- I'm probably going to wait until like some mega ultra, you know, Blu-ray comes out or something, but... Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Do you like the original? Okay. I do. It is a... I mean, I really do feel like it is a true spiritual successor to the original, man. It is one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever seen, without a doubt. It's unbelievably mm. good-looking, and that's because the DP on it was fucking Roger Deakins. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, uh, I have seen the previews, and I've seen just uh, stills from it, and it looks gorgeous. It's unreal, man. That's unreal. And everybody does a really fantastic job in it, too, man. Old, who's it? Ryan Gosling is the main dude in there. Yeah, he a does a really, man there. Yeah, he's a handsome fella. He does a good job. And, of course, old Harrison Fjord. It also Harrison Fjord. Yeah. <laughs> That's the finish, Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> it also Harrison features Fjord. old uh, Batista. He's in there again. Yeah, Dave Batista. And he's great. He's fucking great, yeah, dude. I hear. I hear. So it's a good watch, man. What, uh, after you see it, man, we'll have to do some good some good chatting about it because I really, yeah. really did love it, man. That's awesome. What have you been watching? Um, well, we watched the Planet Earth 2. Um, really haven't watched much. It's only been uh, uh, a few days since we last recorded. I watched football. Uh, watched the AFC and NFC Championship. I got to be completely disappointed by the Patriots winning. I saw a lot of people were upset about that. Yeah, fuck the Patriots. Um, but you know, whatever. Now, this is this is like as close to being sports worthy as I can get. Uh-huh. Uh how do we feel about this upcoming superb bowl? Oh, I think it'll be a good game. I hope so. I'm if the Patriots win again, it's just like bore it's just boring. Like I guess my hatred of the Patriots is uh that they are boring. They just keep winning. But also, you know, people have a lot of problems with the fact that for some reason it seems like in a lot of games especially integral games for them the rules kind of bend in their favor would we say the patriots are the john cena of football yeah we can't see them i would say (laughs) you know i read today that john cena might be playing duke nukem in an adaptation i'm fucking on board are you serious yeah, that's a perfect casting choice, Holy obviously. Holy shit. Are they doing a Duke Nukem movie? Let's back that the fuck up. Apparently. I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Do you remember I, like when we were kids and that game came out, like how fucking controversial that shit was? Yeah, it showed, it showed boobs, man. Super boobs. pixely boobs. And he says like ass and stuff in it. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> he would just say that. He'd just go ass. Ass. <laughs> Fuck damn. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he would make a perfect fucking Duke Nukem. That's, a, yeah, that's an amazing Yeah, he looks just idea. like the eight, or I guess it was an eight bit version, I believe, early. Yeah. 16 uh, maybe. 16 maybe, yeah. Did you see him in, God damn, what is that movie with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, Sisters? Uh, yeah, 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 uh-huh. Uh, fuck, what is that called? Uh, that was really funny. He plays Pazuzu, the drug dealer. <laughs> uh-huh. 
And he's he's listing off the drugs he has. They're fucking insane. Oh, yeah. dude, he's hilarious in that dude. He he's really is. Hysterical. He's really funny. I think that movie's fucking hilarious. Ah, uh, yeah, I had a great time with that. Um, uh, I, have you seen? Oh shit! There was one with uh, Amy Poehler and Will Ferrell and Jason Manzukis recently. It was uh, no the house always wins or something or the house. I don't remember. Mm-mm. Um, anyway, it was it was pretty damn funny too. Right on. You probably man. enjoy that one. I love me a Tina Fey, as you know. Yeah, me too. And an Amy Poehler, they're both just wonderful, hilarious, hilarious ladies. Have you seen any Korean movies this week? I've seen one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw I saw the devil, the devil. Um, and I I don't think I've seen anything else, Korean. Were you Were you thinking of I saw the devil? I happened to watch that too this week. Oh, okay, good. Because man, if we had watched different Korean movies, this would have gotten interesting. <laughs> what if you, What if you had watched um What is that? A Tale of Two Sisters. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good. I, that's a great movie. What if you would watch that and I watched I Saw the Devil and we just talked about it and didn't even know, like we we didn't even catch on that we watched separate movies. Or what if like I just Remix. watched the the M Night Shyamalan movie Devil. Uh huh. And you, you thought I was just bringing it up to you conversation like, oh, I saw the Devil, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, it was the uh, elevator yeah, I saw movie. the Devil. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Have you seen the Devil? I've seen it. Uh, guys, uh, apparently Korean. So. Watch out. Watch out now. Now, Steve, was this the first time you watched this flick? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it for the first time early this morning. Uh, I was texting you <laughs> about it. Um, and then I watched it again just before we started recording. Wow. So you had about six hours to devote to watching movies today. Um. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I I watched... The, I watched it, it was like 6 in the morning, so, Jesus. and then, like, it seemed so long, too, because I had other stuff I needed to do, so, uh, I kept checking the time, because this is a 2 hour and 20 minute movie, I kept checking the time, and every time I would check, it would be like, how do I still have over an hour left of this fucking movie? movie? It's a big, yeah. big, big movie, man. It's so long. Well, the focus of this movie is about... Uh, a guy getting revenge on a serial killer, and uh, me and Steve happen to be a couple of people that are interested in some serial killers. Now, I've always been, like, I think fascinated by learning about serial killers and their their various exploits on the, on the outer limits of yeah. experience. Yeah, and me too. it goes back to me all the way back to when we were kids. And do you remember... They would show those Time Life book commercials about, like, they'd do, like, a, a book about serial killers, and it'd be like, uh-huh. learn about John Wayne Gacy. And- <laughs> yep, I do remember those. <laughs> like, it's so weird to think about that now, that that was Time Life books. Yeah, and they'd show them on commercials, you know, during, like, Family up, Matters yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like, you want to you wanna learn about uh, a clown guy who raped and killed young boys? And as like That'll a little, yeah. And as like little little Christian bowl cut Ben, I was like, I doubt that they're saved. Hmm. Christian bowl cut sounds like uh, an awesome character name for <laughs> a comic book or something. The name's Christian. Christian bowl cut. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you about buttercrust generously? No. <laughs> 
Buttercup generously. <laughs> yeah. That's so, an awesome name. I know. That's what I thought too. So back in the day, whenever I worked at, uh, I worked at Pizza Plus, which is like a, a shitty Southern pizza chain. Yeah. And, um, on like the, on the door to the freezer, they kind of had like, you know, quick recipes of how to, how to make everything. And uh, on the recipe sheet for like how to make cheese sticks and stuff, you know, it's just basically describing take a, a dough pan out of the fridge and mm-hmm. you know, put butter and cheese and yada, yada, yada. But there was a typo on the sheet. And so it didn't say butter crust generously. It said butter crust generously. <laughs> and immediately I thought of like how great that would be for like a very, <laughs> you know, Oliver twisty little yeah. British kid. I'm butter crust generously. Her name's Buttercrust. Buttercrust generously. <laughs> you can see it exactly the way that yeah. I did, I know. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> That's a great name. But as a kid, I'd always be like really interested in this shit because, of course, I was totally forbidden from, you know, reading anything about it. I was very sheltered and shit as a kid. So oh, man. As, as like an adult, I'll kind of go through these phases where I'll, I'll get really fascinated again and I'll start listening to like you know, like podcasts about it, like Last, Last uh-huh. House on the Left and shit. I'll listen to their stuff mm-hmm. about serial killers. Or I've got a couple of books that, like, I'll get really into reading or Wikipedia articles or, like, you know, uh-huh. watching interviews with Dahmer and shit like that. Yeah. And I always go through the same thing where I'll be really fascinated and into it for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. And then I'll reach that breaking point where... I start getting scared when I'm alone at the house at night and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got to back away from this Where stuff. Where you just start seeing people on the sidewalk and yeah. going like, is he, is this guy a serial killer? Is like, this the one? He could be. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I start creeping myself out and I have to distance myself from it. But I think one of the first things that you and I ever talked about whenever we met is is serial killers and stuff. Because you're mm-hmm. also into that stuff, right? Yeah. Huge into it. I grew up... Um, I grew up watching like unsolved mysteries and stuff mm, and mm-hmm. and X-Files. X-Files has serial killer character characters and like I was always interested in that. So like um I remember renting the uh Charles Manson like movie documentary thing. Uh what is that called? I don't know, Helter Skelter uh, or something? Helter Skelter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember renting it. that. Oh man. Uh check it out. It's uh real interesting, really well done. Um and I, I checked out, like, after watching that, I went to the public library and checked out Vincent Bugliosi's book that it's based on, and I read the book and, like, just became obsessed with serial killers. Wow. <laughs> so, at that time, it was, it was, it was, like, the only way you could read about them was books, and um, it was hard to find those types of books sometimes, like, you know, local library wouldn't. In Jefferson City, the local library didn't have no that uh-huh. wide of a selection. So, but then um, I remember my friend Charles had this book that he had bought off of like a mail order thing. It was just uh, full of uh, facts about serial killers and stuff. And I remember just like reading through that thing every time I was over at his apartment. Wow, uh, man! And, and now, like, yeah, I'll do the same thing as you. Like, I'll just for a couple of days be obsessed, like. Or uh, I'll go on dreamanddemon.com mm-hmm. if uh, you, you want to read about how people are horrible every single day um, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> ha- and how serial killers aren't just uh, in the past. Uh, go to dreamanddemon.com. Wow. Is that like true crime kind of stuff or what? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, 
you know recent crimes and stuff like it's always just like blows my mind that uh you know people are getting murdered left and right wow <laughs> like it's, dude it's a it's a pretty common thing and um yeah it, it's it's insane to me and i'm not really sure why that it's it's always fascinated me i mean there, there's nothing in me that's sociopathic or or anything like that yeah, but i've yeah i i'm squeamish about it i think like yeah like i said like i can talk about it and uh seemingly be fine with it but like uh in my head it's like no like this is i, I have to get this out because this is in my head and it's like oh god that's just horrendous yeah this is stuff people do to each other it's one of those things that to me I think is so fascinating because it is, you know, again, I keep using that Hellraiser term. It's it's realms of experience that none of us, I hope to God, will will ever know or yeah. choose choose to do. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's fascinating in some kind of way just because I only know my own human experience and it would never take me anywhere even remotely like what some of these twisted, you know, fucking strange people have done so it's something fascinating to learn about because it's simply like that is a path that i would never fucking choose here's an interesting question do you know anyone who has ever been murdered or anyone who has ever murdered someone mm. that is a good question i don't i know think both. so no way yep <laughs> crazy elaborate um, um I, I don't want to say names because sure, these sure, are sure. people I still know and my family still knows. But uh, a guy I played football with growing up and a girl who I rode the bus with and lived in the neighborhood next to me, um, he stabbed her in the heart um, Jesus. when he was like 15 or 16 and she was Whoa. 14 or something. Holy cow. That is a lover's quarrel. No, they weren't lovers at all. Um, Whoa! <laughs> yep, he uh, apparently had heard that she was uh, narking on people or something. I, yeah. I don't know. It seemed like a flimsy pretext or whatever, like Holy to just cow. be a homicidal maniac. But uh, yeah, I also may know someone else who was murdered, and someone else who murdered someone. Um, it's never been entirely clear, but uh, there was a suicide that occurred with uh, other people present. Oh, and shit. Those, That's not shady. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was very shady. I'm going to tell you what, man. Like, And again, you know, he's Hollywood Steve now, but we both grew up here in the Dirty South. Dirty, Dirty South. There's something about Southern crazy that is mm -hmm. like extra scary to me that it like is. that backwoods hillbilly crazy like that that's why i was so entranced by that first season of true detective it yeah it captured it how perfect. fucking creepy yeah. the south can be so well just that backwards ass bayou swamp woods yep. whatever set apart from the rest of humanity kind of crazy that show captured it yeah. so fucking beautifully and if you've seen the wire um, like I, <laughs> I, I had this idea that I don't know that I'll ever flesh it out because I'm more interested in writing horror, but experiences I had growing up were very much like the wire poverty in the South 
uh, and poverty in Baltimore look the same except for skin color. Wow, yeah. It's just insane the type of stuff that you experience uh, being poor in the South and, and being associated with other poor people, mm-hmm. especially when drugs are involved. Oh my the God, The type of yes. shit that you deal with. Um, I think I've talked about it before that my, my mom's, one of my mom's boyfriends was a biker and he uh, had pit bulls that he fought. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I remember growing up like that, it, I knew that wasn't right, but like it was a, it was a fact of life. Like right. it was just like a thing, an experience that you have. So yeah, the South is like, especially the poor areas, it's it's pretty sketchy. <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt. Now, since this is all, this movie is all about the subject of serial killers and stuff, Steve. I think before we start getting into our review of it, I'd like to, I'd like to make sure that I'm safe and secure here on this podcast with you, because I, I might be a little bit worried that you know maybe you should be. I maybe, mean, what? Maybe what? <laughs> huh? Like maybe you might have the mind of a serial killer. Maybe I do, and I don't even. I don't even know about it. You can be one and not know it, so I think that we should maybe take a little quiz here and uh, see if those BuzzFeed wizards can Uh figure out if either of us have the mind of a serial killer. If you're looking for any psychiatric advice, go to BuzzFeed. (laughs) Yeah, that's what the pros do. Actually, if you you do want to hear a really good, I I think, uh, uh, psychiatrically helpful uh, podcast, BuzzFeed's adult shit is actually really good. Right on, man. Yeah. Let's get into this quiz here, Steve. What's question number one we got? Ben, if someone falls over in the street, you laugh freely. That's hilarious. Laugh, but hide it with your hand. Laugh, but feel kind of bad about it. Walk past quietly. Tweet about it. Ooh. Help them up. Tweet about it. Just help them up and dust them off. I think I'm going to help them up and dust them off. I'm not going to. Yeah. I don't know, help them up and tweet about it just seems like you're looking for that, like, I did a good thing, pat me on the back. You know what, just uh, just to be fair, because one, I, I don't think people falling is funny, usually. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it can be. It can be. Like, the, uh, you know, some of Chris Farley's Pratt Falls and stuff like that. Pratt Falls can be really funny. Sure. Uh, but usually, it's not something I laugh at. But just so that we don't get exactly the same answers each time, I'm going to say help them up and tweet about it. I wouldn't yeah. tweet about it. I would text my wife about it though yeah and she would laugh a lot because she loves when people fall over (laughs) (laughs) she finds it hilarious let me ask you your teenage self could usually be found which of the following melting army men with an with a magnifying glass okay that's hard to say yeah seething in a room wearing black yeah awesome bitching with your friends Bitching? Okay. Okay. Bitching. Uh, oh, okay. Like being <laughs> bitching. Being cool, okay. yeah. Suppressing rage. All right. Drama class. Extra credits. Uh-huh. Or pulling the wings off flies. Well, Ben, um, boy, some of these are pretty accurate. Um, suppressing rage is pretty true of me all yeah. the time. <laughs> um... And also seething in a room wearing black, uh, yeah, probably me. I, I wore more color, colorful stuff, but uh, seething was fun. But I usually would be hanging out with my friends, so bitching with my friends, Ben. All right, that sounds like a good choice. Now, myself, I'm going to put myself in 
drama class extra credit. So that sounds about right. Here's a fun story. So you guys that listen to the show regularly would probably know that I was a homeschool. Yeah. But there's another slice of that story. I was a high school drop in. <laughs> Not a drop out, but a drop in. So you would show up in place of a dropout, or no, dude? I'm dead serious. So, so whenever okay. I met, whenever I met uh, Kate, who's now my wife, we were we were mm-hmm. both in high school. Yeah, and uh, I was still homeschooled and stuff, and she was she was going to high school, and she told me about her forensics team, her competitive acting and drama team and oh, stuff. Right? Awesome. Uh huh. And I was like, man, that sounds really really cool. I would love to participate in that. Uh huh. And so. Basically, what she started doing is propping open a door with a brick in the school, uh-huh. and I would sneak into the school and go sit in class with with everybody. <laughs> can you can you imagine being the principal catching someone sneaking into get school out of to here. participate in extracurricular yeah. activities? What you get the hell out of here? I know, right? And so basically. I hung out enough and, and I guess got along okay with everybody enough that they actually uh, pulled a few strings for me and stuff to where I could actually participate and uh-huh. uh, compete in their oh, that's com- awesome. on their forensics team. Yeah, and it was fucking awesome. Like, it's one of my favorite yeah. things in the world. And it's one of those things, man, that, like, honestly, I can look back now and be like, that's one of the pivotal moments of helping me, like, come out of my, come out of my shell and become a... Uh-huh person who likes to entertain and perform and stuff like i I wouldn't be who i was if i wasn't a high school drop in so yeah Yeah. drama class extra credits all day (laughs) well ben your neighbor would describe you as loud and obnoxious Mm -hmm. someone who doesn't like a party someone who will always talk take in a parcel if you're out oh that one who plays loud music that's it <laughs> charming charismatic or quiet polite ordinary yeah it's definitely gonna be that one that plays loud music <laughs> that's yeah obvious. um i i can say um my neighbors across the hall would probably call me quiet polite and ordinary but my neighbor upstairs would say loud and obnoxious that's why i'm in a pillow fort right now <laughs> oh yeah man that bitch jeez <laughs> Damn it. Hey, I, I get it. We we go late and she has work. I get it. I used to say late. It's like for you, it's like damn nine o'clock usually when we record or something. Yeah, but we go into midnight sometimes. It's and true. Uh, did I did I tell you the story? She came down and um she she's my wife was here and she answered the door and she said, um, is somebody recording a podcast down here? No way. And my wife was like, uh, yeah, my husband is. And she was like, yeah, because I can hear him very clearly talking about Die Hard. <laughs> no, she said that? Yeah. So, <laughs> That's I get awesome. It. I get it. <laughs> That's, that is so hilarious that that is like an actual L.A. neighbor complaint. Hey. Is he recording a podcast? Yeah, like, it is. Like, that's the first thing she thought of. She's like, I just hear one side of the conversation. Probably a podcast. It's awesome <laughs> that she is. She wasn't like, hey, do you live with an insane person? <laughs> 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 Out there talking to yourself loudly probably means yeah. recording a podcast. Yeah, I, it would have been. I, I hope this is true. It would be really amazing if... Because, you know, she immediately recognized it was a podcast, so she probably listens to podcasts. It would be amazing if she was like, 
I would like to hear the other side of that conversation. Yeah. What's, so the, she's what's it like, called? She's now a listener. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> sorry I called you a bitch. Yeah, sorry about that. You know what I really want to find out is that like... <laughs> Every every time I'm like walking around the big city and there's like crazy homeless people walking around talking uh-huh. to themselves, they're actually like they're on a Bluetooth headset recording a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With each other. That's what it is. Like Welcome if you to were bum able life. To, like <laughs> it sucks. Oh man. You know, you know what's cool? Living in a house. <laughs> Oh, geez. Okay, Steve, I got to know. At the checkout, you're trying not to buy chocolate, and Mm -hmm. yet you rush through the queue to avoid chocolate. Mm -hmm. Is this like a huge problem that people have? Um, I don't know, Ben. Uh, I would say people that are hardcore dieting but also love chocolate might have this. Um, Yes. Or uh, a person like me would be like, oh, there's chocolate. I want to buy it. Get, I'm gonna get eat some. that. Yeah. <laughs> so we got rush through the queue to avoid chocolate. We got think about it, but moved on. Mm-hmm. Are too busy on your phone to notice you're at the checkout. That's a surreal uh-huh. scenario. Right. How did I get here? Have one chocolate bar in your <laughs> mouth, eight more in the basket. You, so you've already got the chocolate. Okay. Have thrown two chocolate bars into your basket. So I guess that right. means just you give in. And can only think about chocolate. Okay. I would say for me, the most accurate is I'm too busy on my phone to notice I'm at the checkout. I yeah. mean, that's that's not entirely true. Like, I, I'm not one of those people that, like, holds up the line or anything. Sure. But I'm generally, if I'm at the store listening to a podcast and if I'm standing in line, I'm probably reading something on my phone. So No doubt. Like, I'm not, I, I'm not really tempted by any chocolate. I've recently become aware of the simple joys of wearing headphones in the grocery store and just listening to a podcast or something it's the fucking best oh man it's amazing i still like uh because i i love uh uh, avoiding human contact almost as much as i love human contact so Mm -hmm. like i i think it creates something interesting where most people will be like oh he's got headphones in i'm not gonna try to talk to that person but the person that will talk to you is generally interesting to talk to because yeah. they're either crazy or very polite. Like um, <laughs> one time, these two ladies, um, I live in Koreatown. Um, uh, there are a lot of Koreans. It's not surprising. Um, and it, not all Koreans, but a lot of Koreans are below uh, the average height here. And sure. so they were in the wine aisle looking at wine and they wanted a wine on the top shelf. And I was looking at wine, and they asked me, and I looked up, and there were nuns. Uh, they were Korean nuns, and they were so cute. They first off asked me uh, what wine I would recommend. I am not the person to ask recommendations for wine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know that one. Um, and and they were like, and then they were like, Would you mind getting it for us? And I was like, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. They wanted to go party or something. You know, you're wearing headphones, you get that, you got maybe that uh, intro. You know what? Maybe they did. Jesus, I could have fucked two nuns. Damn, look at you. Oh, God. They were in their 60s, too, so my kind of gal. <laughs> Yo, speaking of buying booze at the grocery store, uh huh. I learned something today. I just want to see if it blows your mind 
quite so hard as it did mine. Okay. So, you know, of course, we all, during our late high school or college years, swigged on a brightly colored liquid in a bottle, a malt liquor, that on the label said MD2020. Mad Dog 2020, yeah, Uh uh-huh. Okay, you already answered my question. What does MD stand for? Mad Dog. It's Mogan David. No, no, they're wrong. What? That's it's Mogan, Mogan David 2020. David. Yeah, that's like like the wine company Mogan David. Oh man, do you think they're gonna be selling like hotcakes in the year 2020? <laughs> that's what it is. But like, what the fuck, dude? That's one of those things that blows my mind because across the fucking nation, we all it's called Mad it Dog. Mad Dog. Everybody yeah, yeah. knows it. But it's like this is pre-internet. This is pre-Twitter. This is like, how did this spread? You know? Yeah. Who was the first person to call it Mad Dog, and yeah. how did it spread? That's an interesting question. Saying Reesey Pieces. Where the fuck did that come from? I think I'm going to uh, write up a, a segment and try to pitch it to NPR, where I, where I, seek, out, I seek out the originator of saying Mad Dog 2020, and discover that he died long ago because he drank Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> Enough to give it a nickname. This is one of those things, though, that, you know, has always fascinated me and I would love to like see a book about or something like that but it's like I would love to find the original author of Jingle Bell's Batman Smells oh man or like the kid that figured out the you know you know the the paper triangle thing that like the fortune teller thing that you put on your fingers yeah yeah, yeah. uh huh that's that's like American folklore of the 20th century do you remember? Okay, wait. Have you seen the South Park episode, the fish sticks episode? Oh fuck yeah! That that's exactly that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That like where where somebody figures out like they just put together what this was probably uh, like seemingly obvious right there because like the that little paper thing that's just a step in making uh, certain types of you know origami flowers and stuff like sure. But then somebody was like, wait a second, if you Hang on here. If you just pull this up and write something in here, you can tell, you know, your friend he's gay. <laughs> or like, let's say like the the rubber band pistol finger. You remember that? Yes. Like, who yeah. came up with that shit? And how did we all learn it before yeah. internet age? It just spread like a virus. Yeah, I also remember like, uh, we, we would have like, uh, I don't know what it's called, where you hold a pencil and like you each flip the other one's pencil to try to break it. Oh yeah, exactly. Like, and then where like somebody figured out like if you could put your finger way back and like get a huge amount of like torque to it. Like, <laughs> gosh, like how do those things spread? It's so cool. I know, and it's like somebody somewhere in the world is like, I goddamn invented that. That was me. <laughs> like, I was yep. the first guy to like. You remember hornets? Like when you'd wad up a piece of paper and you'd like mm-hmm. flick it at somebody and it like fucking sting them? Yeah. yeah. Somebody invented that. Like that somebody had to did. come from somewhere. That's American folklore yeah. right there. That's probably Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer invented that. Modern day warrior, mean, mean stuff. <laughs> mean Tom Sawyer. <laughs> when it comes to our chocolate question, I'm going to go to thought about it but moved on. I'm not much of All a right, chocolate man. man. I like a, a dark, salty chocolate, but not much. All right. Well, let's just see what you think about this next one here. Ben, when you see blue bins, like the one in the picture here, which uh, just looks like a blue chemical barrel, Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? Okay. 
you've got some garden stuff to get rid of. They'd be useful. Okay. Never seen bins like this that you need to buy more on the way home hmm. that you could probably dissolve a body in there that serial killers probably dissolve bodies in there that you saw them on TV once. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, so whenever I see like a blue a blue barrel like that, actually the first thing that I do think is that serial killers probably dissolve bodies in there. Yeah. That's like, you know, Breaking Bad shit. It's like you always yeah, see that. Yeah, that's that. exactly what I thought when yeah, I looked at the it. the ubiquitous blue barrel. But um, I will say actually though, that uh, this is also true that I saw them on TV once because I've yeah. actually never seen them in real life. I haven't either. I think I've just seen them on Breaking Bad or like uh, any something else where there was a serial killer dumping bodies in barrels. Oh, I think Dexter had that one. Yeah, season I think you're right. I think the only yeah. time I've seen one like this in person is somebody using one for like a rain barrel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's about yeah, it that for sounds me. Right. Uh -huh. All right. So, Steve, in a buffet situation. Uh huh. What is your go-to dish? Okay. All right. You gonna go for a dessert? Hmm. What about an everything? Sounds delicious. I'll have M two. Mystery meat. Why? Okay, why? <laughs> a meat dish without a label. No, it says with a label. Oh, with a label. <laughs> <laughs> depends. Like, depends undergarments? Okay. That sounds disgusting, Ugh. gross ass. <laughs> Vegetarian. Okay. Well, um, man, they really didn't give many appeasing options. No. Um, but I'm going to go with a meat dish with a label. Um, and the one thing I would say you would be safest with in a buffet is probably if they have prime rib, um, probably going to be pretty safe, especially if they cut it in front of you or uh, if they if they grill the steaks in front of you like they do at some buffets, uh, you get, you know, some type mm -hmm. of steak so but well, i mean generally you want to stay away from chicken dishes uh anything fish might be a bad idea at a buffet so i get the impression that your buffet experience is fear motivated yeah i don't like i don't <laughs> want to go to buffets i don't like buffets um i do you know what buffets do generally have that is awesome is a soft serve machine i love a soft serve machine it's true they do have that that's fucking awesome get give me a swirl man <laughs> I'm gonna go to town on it. Now, what about you, Ben? When I think buffet, I immediately think about my favorite kind of buffet, which is an Indian buffet. Hell yeah! At Sitar Indian Restaurant, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh yeah, that place is great. Fuck, I didn't even think about that, dude. I, Jeez, I, why didn't I think about? Uh, yeah, because uh, Indian buffet, or uh, I don't really like Chinese buffets, but uh, it, there are some that are actually really good. And you know what's usually the best thing on there? The mystery meat. The thing that just has some indecipherable mm -hmm. name on there, and it's yeah. lump, and it's lumpy and like dark colored, and you're like, okay. I hope this is chicken thighs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh -huh. And uh, that's usually the best experience, man. You I could actually also just... go vegetarian with that, and it's yeah. still really good. So, oh, dude, yeah. fuck yeah, at an Indian buffet? My God, uh -huh. man, load me up, dude. Yeah, that's the that is the bomb.com right there. An Indian buffet yeah. to me is is absolute absolute paradise. Oh, uh, Sitar also has that like uh, mango pudding stuff. Oh, yeah, they so do. So good. I actually had Sitar for dinner tonight. I went to uh, I was in Knoxville last night for rehearsal. Uh -huh. I was also in Knoxville tonight for rehearsal. Yeah. And uh, last night though we cut out kind of early, so I brought home like a bunch of of Indian food from Sitar. Uh-huh. 
And uh, I had that for, for dinner tonight. I had some of those leftovers. Fuck, it's so good. Indian food Delicious. is just the best, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Ben, if someone mixes the serving implements up in the buffet... Okay, hold on. Why are we Why still are we at buffets? Why are we buffet still? Yeah. <laughs> What's your reaction? They have different spoons for different dishes. You notice, but get on with your life slash dinner. Mm. You can't understand how someone could do this. You walk away from the buffet, you bend a fork in your fist and don't realize it. Blind rage and smash plate. <laughs> I feel like the person who wrote this quiz was at a buffet and really doesn't like it if you switch up the serving. <laughs> I wonder if there's some kind of information that we don't know about, like as far as, you know. Serial killers love buffets. Yeah, it's like they have <laughs> the thing where they, they wet the bed, they torture animals, they start fires, uh, and they love and buffets. they love buffets. Oh, my God. You go to a golden corral, everyone's <laughs> a serial killer. I think you have to be a lunatic to go to that place, so I that do agree. That is a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say I notice, but get on with my life slash dinner. I'm not one of yeah. those, like, food can't touch people. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Like, that doesn't seem to bother me at all unless it was, like, I don't know if, like, the thing you mixed up was, like, a chocolate pudding spoon into the mashed potato. Yeah, no, that's that's a horse of a different color. In that case, uh -huh. that's just, like, what the, what the fuck is the matter with you? But, yeah, yeah, unless it's a severe contaminant like that, yeah, I notice, but I, I don't really fucking care that much. I would say I can't understand how someone could do it because yeah. what did you have both of them in your hands at the same time? Yeah, are you dumb? Like, what, how do you mix them up? Are you a dumb? It's true, man. It's true. Now, Steve, whenever you're checking out a new house, how important is the basement? Oh wow! Okay. Is it very important? Mm-hmm. Is it sort of important? Right. Not that important, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't think I need one. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cause a hassle either way. Right. Or, I had a basement for six years. Never knew. Okay. Uh, growing up, I was a basement dweller. Yep. Um, I've I've talked about this before, that uh, the uh, biker that my mom dated that uh, fought pit bulls, yep. he lived in a basement. Like, that was all it was. He had started building a house, and then his dad got sick. And he just put a uh, aluminum roof on the, the basement. Holy shit. Yeah. We lived in that for a while. Then I lived in a basement next to a graveyard. Yeah. And then I moved in with my grandparents who had just refinished their basement. And I lived in a basement until I graduated Jeez. high school. I want to say we talked about that some on our Elm Street episode or something. I didn't think we? so. Yeah. I'm not afraid of basements, um, but I understand why they are scary in scary movies because they're dark, etc. But like I, I got over that fear as a young man. Um, <laughs> but living in California nobody has a basement like yeah it's not, a, not really a thing so it's a great place for your house to fall into when you have an earthquake. yeah i so i i don't think i need one right on i'm gonna say for myself i'm gonna say it's sort of important because because playing music um oh, it's yeah. great having yourself a little band practice spot. hell yeah uh, yeah. The rehearsal I just went to, my main man Andy, he's got himself a, a house with a, mm -hmm. you know, a bottom floor basement area that yeah. has kind of the band room down there. So that means we can play late into the night and not bother anybody. So yeah, yeah for me that's sort of important. I think in the southeast there uh, they are extremely important, and if you can get a house that's sort of built into the side of the hill, so you have a basement that's. Mm -hmm 
covered on three sides by by ground yes. and then you can also have windows and stuff on one side exactly it, it's cool in the summer it's never too cold in the winter it's, it's real nice but yep. you know uh again it just depends on where you live because out here there's no reason for that no not at all so ben in a relationship how smart does your other half have to be okay, okay. this all right almost as smart as me are they nice question mark okay mm. depends on their personality are okay. they hot question mark the stupider the better less smart than me equal is not an option yeah that's we're smarter than yeah i don't like that because <laughs> yeah. i prefer that that's yep that's my answer is equal or smarter than yeah yeah i kind of want to just skip all of those it would very mm -hmm. much bother me to be with somebody that was not uh yeah. up to task on the intellect yeah. side of things yeah i mean i get the closest i can get to that is almost as smart as me i guess but i mean yeah, yeah. equal or exceeding is important to me I'll, uh, you know, just to be different, uh, I'll say it depends on their personality. I don't okay. know that uh, I could be in a sustained relationship with someone who wasn't smart, but I definitely have friends uh, who are funny and uh, fun to be around, but maybe not the most smart yeah. people. Yeah. I have some friends like that, so, you know, I, I can imagine that would be maybe fun to date someone like that for a week. That could work. And then just be like, I'm out. This is insane. Why are you so dumb? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, why would you even take a quiz like this? Let's see if oh God, I I'm hope, on a podcast. I'm, I'm recording a podcast is the answer. <laughs> I was Googling serial killers, and this just popped up. Okay. It's pretty um, much true. Algorithms. Okay. I'm avoiding work. Uh-huh. I was just checking. Mm-hmm. It's amazing I got this far, to be honest. Uh-huh. And lastly, I was checking to see if I have a Wikipedia page dedicated to my unsolved murders. All right. Wow. Um, well, the truth is we just Googled um, uh, what serial killer are you BuzzFeed and went yeah. through the results. It's true. It was a short production meeting. Um, so I'm going to say that one. Right on. I'm going to go with I'm avoiding work because basically... Everything I do in my life, from making YouTube videos to playing music to doing a podcast, uh -huh. it's all in the great name of not having a real job. You know what? It is the most amazing thing in the world when you can chain together what you feel like is doing nothing uh, into a career. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. It's, it's so cool. Um Anyway, so Ben, how would you describe your childhood? Mm. I survived it. That's all that counts. Ooh. Fine, let's move on. A bit schooly. Mm -hmm. I ate a lot of crisps. I had to be polite to a lot of aunts or Aww. aunts, however you say it. Um, or happy. Hmm. I guess, you know, it sounds very negative to say, but I'm going to say fine, let's move on. Because I, mm -hmm. I, think, I think the... Just simply because the person that I've become is very different from the environment. Yeah. You know, the, the very sheltered, very religious, yeah. very conservative place that I grew up in and stuff uh -huh. is fine. It, it, You know, it is. But let's move on because I think I've become something very different than how I grew up. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. And, like, I, um, I, I went and lived in Russia for two years. I came back and basically just yeah. escaped 
my former surroundings like uh, i just I, and i mean it, it sounds harsh but like i just left behind a lot of stuff because i knew it wasn't going anywhere like if, if you get too caught up in small town drama and small town like you know uh friend politics and stuff like that it can get it can become your life and oh, that's yeah. what you do for the rest of your life is just deal with stupid bullshit drama yep. with people you knew from high school or whatever uh i got out i left i mean went to the big metropolis of knoxville went to school and then you know moved to la so mm-hmm. yep um yeah, I, I'll I'll say I survived it. That's all that counts. But I think fine. Let's move on is also pretty accurate. Yeah, run on, man, run on. That seems to make sense to me. And right. now we're on our last question here of our of our quiz. Here we're gonna find out if we are serial killers with this last question here. How much do you like science? All right. <laughs> you should just have Democrat or Republican as your yeah. choices. all right our our choices here are why do you want to hear my findings i've been thinking about some experiments i want to do i think you should be saying these in a ghoulish voice i've been thinking about some experiments i want to do (laughs) a reanimator voice Uh uh-huh high school chemistry was great Mm. i liked the bit with the bunsen burners uh I like that sounds like um something you say to warm up before a show. I like the bit with the Bunsen burners. <laughs> Red leather yellow leather. Red leather leather yellow Why do you like science? And lastly, mm-hmm. my science teacher was hot. Okay. I can't say my science teacher was hot, but I do um I have a, a good friend who is a science teacher and she is a smoking hot lady. Mm, um mm. Yep, she's my my friend Brian's uh, uh, wife. So uh, I would I would say that for fun because these others are a little um, I don't know. Like I, some of these are obvious. Like well, you want to hear my findings? I've been thinking about some experiments I don't want to do. Or just like oh, I'm a serial killer. So I'm just gonna go with my science teacher was hot. That's a strong answer, man. I'm gonna I can't answer that because my science teacher was my mom. And <laughs> while she is a handsome lady, I can't answer oh. that. <laughs> I got it back, got it back, got I always thought back. that song was so weird. I'm half a teacher. Yeah. Like you're really that's mom. Um, for this answer, I'm gonna go with I've been thinking about some experiments I want to do because I actually I actually have. Like there's all kinds of things that fascinate me about about your average person and how they process sound and process uh-huh. music and stuff like that like like you know for example like perfect pitch right like perfect pitch is one of those phenomena that happen we think in about one in every hundred thousand people a lot of people in the autism spectrum have it and stuff and it's just uh-huh. where you can dead on balls accurate identify pitch you can um recall stuff at perfect pitch you can tell when anything is out of tune even by the nearest you know couple cents of margin and stuff but i wonder how many like plumbers there are with perfect pitch that just never picked up an instrument and stuff right so Mm -hmm. like for example you know a a lot of us of course can just like imagine a song that we've heard in our heads and stuff right but i wonder about how many people can recall it in the correct key and stuff like mm. that. Like, if, if I asked you to think about, like, like let's say Beat It by Michael Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. And you're thinking about 
that line in the verse. Like, I wonder if you just recalled it from memory, if you would recall it at the right pitch. Even though you're not a musician and don't play an instrument, mm -hmm. yeah. I wonder if in your head, if it goes, -na 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 -na, like it does on the record, like if you would recall it in pitch. So that is one of those things that does fascinate me. I've been thinking huh. about that. That's very interesting. Yeah. I uh, I can guarantee I don't recall it in perfect pitch because mm. um, I'm not uh, musically inclined. Well, see, I know plenty of people that do. So, like, yeah. for, for example, like, uh, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Huge Kevin Smith uh -huh. fan. And I listen to a lot of his different podcasts and stuff. And yeah. he, uh, especially in his later, very stoned years... On a lot of his shows, he ends up, you know, just like fucking humming and singing and all kinds of stuff, just various bits of songs and stuff. And I've noticed uh -huh. that his his pitch recall is extremely high, actually, even though he's wow. not a musician. That's really cool. Yeah. So that's kind of what got me to thinking about that kind of thing. I'm like, damn, I wonder how many other people have perfect recall of pitch but aren't musicians. Because, you know, you say, oh, one in 100,000 people has perfect pitch. And it's like, I bet you're just testing musicians, you know? Yeah, yeah that that would make sense. Yeah, because like, yeah, because I mean, uh, you just wouldn't know it. Like, it, hmm. it, it is it is a shame in this country that people aren't uh, afforded as many opportunities to perhaps find that out. I mean, exactly. uh, you know, schools don't have music programs that are very in depth uh, that are really trying to help kids. Uh, get somewhere musically if they'd like to mostly they're just there to fulfill a requirement you know so i mean dude yeah. i might be able to dunk but i never had a basketball team <laughs> i can't dunk um for sure <laughs> that's a lie there was a homeschool basketball team that my brother played on called the <laughs> lakeway lakers the lakeway lakers and you can bet they were cool i bet they're awesome i bet like you know, they would talk about how uh, the other person's mom was hot. Yeah, stuff like that. I That's a lady I've seen. <laughs> that wasn't my family. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm not related to her. Well, see, She's what's hot. The, what's the answer you got for your results here? Well, I got, you've thought about it, but no more than anyone else. Oh, Did the guy in the sandwich shop put mayo on your sandwich when you yeah. said not to? Uh, mayo is the best, so. Wrong. What? Aw, oh, man, you want to kill that guy. But in an hour, you'll f have forgotten about it. This isn't true at all. Hmm. You'll think about killing, but no more than anyone else. I never think ever in my head that I want to kill someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it just never crosses my mind. But okay, yeah, sure. I got, you got, you have the mind of a serial killer, but you haven't done it yet. Oh, no. You have the mind of a serial killer, but you'd either be a freewheeling type who just does whatever they please, or a sociopath. Pick one. We can't figure you out. Well, damn. Wait, a freewheeling type? Are you, you going to be a Ric Flair type of serial killer? Styling and profiling. Styling and profiling. <laughs> Interesting, man. Well, it seems like we both kind of have a, a touch of the old serial killer in us. Well, yeah, probably. I mean, there's got to be... There's got to be... Because it... I, <sighs> The honest answer would have to be that anyone could commit murder. Sure. Um, but it, it would have to be situational for most people, I would think. Like, yeah, self-defense and so very, on. Yeah, it's a very specific situation. But yeah, anyone could commit murder, for sure. 
I think so too, man. Well, now that we know that and we feel a little bit more safe and secure around each other, I think we're free to get Wait, into it. Wait, you feel safe and secure? I just yeah. found out you might be a serial killer. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> oh, okay. You're on the other side of the fucking country, dude. You're safe. <laughs> That's, yeah, but you're flying out here soon. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like two this days. This could be the time that you're like, I'll kill Steve and nobody will suspect it. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be the absolute worst if like you were killed in a freak accident or something like this and then oh we just God, had this whole thing. Everybody would like, be like, like it, it was Ben. Ben totally obviously. did it. <laughs> they talked about it. <laughs> he took the quiz on BuzzFeed. We Listen, know guys, they're right. If I get murdered, Courtney Love did it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. definitely Especially Courtney if there's Love. a suicide note. <laughs> Especially if you got hit by a train or something. Oh man, if I get hit by a train, Courtney Love did it. <laughs> well, the the movie that we're talking about here is I Saw the Devil, and I saw, I saw the devil, I saw it probably, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I think. This is another one of those ones that my main uh-huh. man, old Brandon Suttles, introduced me to, I've mentioned on many okay. podcasts, and we'll have him on a guest episode or something like that soon because I'd love to soak up his thoughts on some of these flicks that we watch. Yeah. But he is a huge Asian uh, Asian movie fan. He's a guy that introduced me to Takashi Mike and movies like Ichi the Killer and Audition and all that kind of stuff, Three Extremes, all those movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, whenever he watched this, this is one of those ones that he was immediately like, oh, dude, we have to watch this movie sometime. So I recall sitting down and watching it um, again, probably about seven years ago or something like that, but I effectively remembered only a handful of scenes from this movie. I didn't really remember much about it, so whenever I watched it again the other night, there was very much of this flick that I, I did not remember. Uh, you said this is the first time that you watched it, and yeah. uh, what is your... I don't know, you were texting me throughout the day about it. It seems like your first watch... You weren't into it, but then your yeah. second watch, maybe you change your mind. Yeah, I think because uh, I was I was rushed on that first watch. Yeah, and I knew I would want to watch it twice, especially when we do uh, a, a foreign flick. I I don't want to miss any of the dialogue while I'm taking notes, so I definitely want to watch it twice. So I I felt like I may have felt rushed, and it's two hours and twenty minutes, and it just like yeah it it seems to drag at times to me Mm -hmm. like even though there is so much like crazy intense violence and stuff like so much of it i'm just like this could be cut this could be cut this could be cut and on my second watch i I was no deadline it was just getting ready for this so it, it sort of came together for me a little bit better um i still have some problems with it i still think it's too long for sure sure but uh i on on second viewing i was like oh this is a much better movie than i thought am i insane or does it still feel shorter than hellraiser 2 it does feel shorter than hellraiser 2 um, right even though it's like an hour longer (laughs) even though it's an hour longer at no point did i contemplate suicide (laughs) (laughs) fuck hellraiser 2 one of the first things that we got to mention about this movie is the visual style and aesthetic of the movie. Oh, because it's gorgeous. It's unbelievably gorgeous. It's, um, I would say of all the movies that we've done, I don't know. I mean, some of those Argento flicks to me are just stupefyingly uh-huh. gorgeous, but this is yeah. one of the, one of the prettier movies that we've talked about here on, on Dead and Lovely. It's got this really wonderfully 
saturated but not unrealistic look about it. Lots of very yeah. beautiful warm and cold lighting. And a mm-hmm. lot of the camera angle choices and camera work are, in. I mean, at times, incredible. Like, at their worst, uh-huh. they're very, very interesting. And at their best, they're incredible. There's some shots in this movie that, uh, you know, I remembered from seven or eight years ago that I couldn't possibly forget, even if I tried. Do you like the visual of the movie? Yeah, yeah. Really beautifully shot. Well done. Like, I... I love the way uh, they use light. I, it's this could have been um, one of those more like uh, you know I like the Bourne movies, but it, it could have been more like the Bourne movies where like mm. uh, a lot of tight shots, uh, not as mm. many like you know wide shots showing yeah. these great like landscapes and stuff. It could have been like that and it would have been fine. Sure. But the cinematographer for this, uh, Lee Mogai, he uh, has worked with Kim Ji-won on other films. Like other other Kim Ji-won films are also beautifully shot. The, I mentioned The Tale of Two Sisters earlier. That's another mm-hmm. Korean horror film uh, also directed by Kim Ji-won. And it's it's great and also beautifully shot. Um, I I really like the look of this. I think um, specifically, I I like some of the longer shots that are uh, like I guess when I first watched the stuff, a lot of stuff that I would say this could be cut, this could be cut, but like watching it the second time, it's like oh no, this is really gorgeous. Like this, you need to see this shot. This is really well done. Yeah, totally. And even like from the very first of the movie, whenever we see the killer uh, kidnap our heroes wife out of her car and and bludgeon her and kill her and stuff yeah when we see him like dragging her body through the through the white snow that's falling so softly and it's leaving the blood trail and stuff it's just horrific yeah and gorgeous at the same time yeah yeah that's exactly how you feel about a lot of this stuff oh yeah the the other thing that is shot extremely well are the action sequences yeah, so, they are. They are like you. You get interspersed with all these beautiful visuals and these great wide shots and stuff. You get these really intense action see- scenes that are really well choreographed. Mm-hmm. Um, and like th- this is listed in on Wikipedia as an action horror thriller, and I think that's the only accurate way to describe it. it yeah. it's not. It's not a horror movie, but mm-hmm. it's not a thriller but it's not an action movie but it is all three of those things there are chase scenes there are these great fight scenes like a lot of you know high speed driving and stuff that's all really well shot then there are these great horror scenes then there are these thriller elements where you know uh basically uh he's chasing down this serial killer but he's not chasing him down and that's one of my major problems with it yeah right on i can understand that man yeah this is one of those flicks that you know some people would have a hard time classifying this as a as a straight up horror movie uh, because there's no monster, there's no super fantastical crazy yeah. element about it. Uh, but I don't know. It's kind of like we talked about before. It's like you run into those gray areas where you're like, is Seven a horror movie? It's definitely yeah. not an action movie or a drama. Like, what do you call it? You know. I think what distinguishes this from like what makes this horror and distinguishes it from seven maybe or anything like that 
is one scene in particular at the beginning mm-hmm. sets the tone for horror and it's it's not the killing of uh the fiance uh can't remember her name Juyun Juyun it's not the killing of the fiance it is the cleanup afterwards yeah because it's right? so it's so mundane like right. he's he's so he's so accustomed to doing it he has a system for doing it so he's chopped up a lot of women yeah it's another day at the office for him and yeah it's and disgusting yeah and that's where it's it's just like because like he's the way like in when he kidnaps her like the action in that like he is not this like swift serial killer who's a one shot and they're down he's got he's like fighting with her like it's a really frenetic yeah. sort of fight in the front seat of a car like you know there's just these slight elements that add the tinge of action they add the tinge of thriller they add the tinge of horror but i think it really hits horror when we realize how mundane this is for him and then later when we meet uh taiju the cannibal yeah i was gonna say That's the same just pure thing. horror yeah def- definitely so definitely so yeah later on in the movie here we kind of get the impression that this guy even though he's a serial killer and stuff he's got another buddy who is also fucked up that he goes yeah. And hangs out with who is a who is a cannibal, and you kind of get the impression that there's perhaps like a like a like a like a prion type scenario going on with this guy, where he's been driven crazy by consuming human flesh, because that that's a thing, you know that, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's usually from consuming the the brain, mm-hmm. um, which it seems yeah. like he is, because he's talking about how he's already eaten up all the guts yeah. and yada yada, yeah. so. He seems to yeah, make the most of his of his acquisitions, I guess. Yeah, he does. That's true. <laughs> Frugal. Uh, but yeah, the, he he does seem like he is insane, like in in a in a way that is probably was probably impossible up to that point. Like, cause he that house that's theirs, right? I mean, I think they killed the people that lived there. Is the impression that yeah, I got? Yeah, but it's it's like all set up for him to be a cannibal in it, like, right? He's got the freezers and everything. He's got the dogs in the back that are used to eating human meat. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I guess so. Yeah. It seems like he must have somehow afforded that house. I guess so. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that really. So yeah, maybe he has been driven crazy by being a cannibal. Yeah, I think even freakier than that guy though is his fucking. His fucking girlfriend, dude, and I don't know why she creeps me out so bad because I don't even know if she has any spoken dialogue and she doesn't even kill anybody or anything like that, but man, she is spooky as fuck, isn't she? She really is. Her look and, like, the thing is you have to consider that she she's sitting at the table with him while he's eating human meat raw. And she's okay with it. She's fine with it. It doesn't bother her at all. She doesn't say a word. Like, yeah. She doesn't seem in the least bit uh phased by any of what happens so. yeah like that makes you probably crazier than him yeah exactly because you're like yeah this is fine yeah Whatever. it really 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 weirds me out and there's something about her look too um mm-hmm. that is just really really strange it, it, i would have been okay with learning more about that character but at the same time knowing nothing about her kind of makes her kind of the Boba Fett where it's just like, what the fuck is up with this person? You know what I mean? And what, sure what, enough, what she's if, dispatched very easily. Yeah, but what what if he, like, knocked her out or whatever, 
But then um, as he was leaving the house, we saw her just jet pack away. <laughs> uh-huh. Just off into the distance. Uh-huh. I'd have been okay been with cool. that. Yeah. Now, one of the most striking things about this movie are its, its scenes of just unbelievably, unflinchingly brutal, realistic violence. Um, yeah. This movie was... Apparently, the South Korean government like demanded that they tone it down, or else it would just be, you know, literally Not unreleasable. Yeah. yeah. So they they apparently toned it down a bit, but dude, it is still. I think it's the most brutal movie that we've covered on our show. Um, one of the yeah. most brutal movies I can think of immediately. Yeah, actually, yeah, thinking about it because uh, I think, you know, if say uh, Freddy kill someone uh no matter how brutal it is it's it uh, it's tinged with the fact that freddy is an over-the-top comic book character yeah and it could never happen but yeah this is just like no yeah that's uh uh-huh people have done that to each other yeah yeah exactly there's nothing in this movie that is not doable or or has not been done so some of the some of the scenes in here that struck me as particularly brutal uh, like you said, there the first of the movie after he kidnaps the fiance, it shows him just cleaving her body into chunks, just butchering yeah. her basically, in a very matter of fact way, like you would you know f- field dress an animal or something. Yeah, he seems bored by it almost. Like, yeah, it, it's not even thrilling to to kill and do the chopping up. He's more yeah. thrilled by the the hunt, which exactly. is kind of one of the central themes of this is about. Uh, hunting the prey and, and stuff like that but yeah absolutely absolutely so man and then of course we got the scene where our our hero question mark um i think in one of his first encounters with with the, the killer i'm not even gonna bother trying to say their names i'm just gonna butcher them uh-huh. uh but when he when he stabs that razor into the back of his achilles tendon and just cuts it straight out yeah holy fuck it's like the camera doesn't even flinch at all it is ridiculously brutal oh my god yeah and this this has that like 80s action movie level of violence to it Mm -hmm. but like taken to the horror movie level right so like this this movie reminded me almost immediately of taken okay Um, Mm -hmm. i've never seen that it's not i hate it i mean a lot of people i'm sure listeners would be like oh it's great but yeah it's a it's a racist uh, premise. Uh, the action sequences are terrible because um, Qui Gon Jinn is not very fast. Um, <laughs> he's a dad from uh, Love Actually, dude. I know he's not very he's not quick. It's not like watching. I mean, it is like they they shoot it like a born sequence mm-hmm. where it's all shaky cam, but uh, the shaky cam in Born is especially shaky because the people are moving so fast. Yeah, sure. The shaky cam in Taken is like... To make it look like they're moving fast. Yeah, this kind of helps me feel like uh, that that was quick enough for him to actually disarm someone's gun. <laughs> like, yeah. But it's not. He's just old man reaching at it. Like, <laughs> But I, I absolutely hate it. Everybody loves it. I don't... I don't I don't get it. But the the premise is that it's a it's a vengeance sort of thing, getting revenge, saving someone. I mean, here this is not about saving anyone. I mean, uh Suhyun the the secret agent, which it they don't reveal that 
until later? Like, yeah. I, I didn't get that. Like, he was like, is he a bodyguard or something? And then later it's like, secret agent. Secret agent? What? <laughs> right. Yeah, you kind of get that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Because towards the first of the movie, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, is he like a secret service guy? Like, what is he? Yeah. What is he doing, man? But it turns out he's a secret agent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, could have told us that up front. What do you think about that scene in the flick where our uh, our main killer dude hitchhikes in the car with those two guys and goes on a okay. frantic stabbing spree. Okay, that that scene is awesome, but I think we need to talk about how it makes no sense. Okay. That uh, that is uh, an amazingly shot awesome frantic insane, sequence dude. like in a moving car him uh, fighting two people off stabbing them with, you know, uh basically a steak knife. But okay, the, the premise of this movie is that this serial killer, uh, Kyung Chul, he killed Ju Yun, who was the fiance of secret agent uh, Su Hyun, and Su Hyun goes on a basically a, a revenge tour to try to take him out, mm -hmm. and he does exactly that at one hour into the movie. Yeah. As I said, this movie is two hours and 20 minutes. So, Su Hyun's insane and stupid plan is to uh, find him, beat the ever-living shit out of him, get him to the point where he's almost dead, break his hand, then make him swallow a transmitter, and then leave him with a bunch of money. Yeah, so he can get himself patched up. So he can get himself patched up so that later... Su Hyun, who has nothing else to do, he's off work. They they gave him, they told him he could be off for two months, which I was like, God, this is obviously not an American movie. Yeah, really, right. Uh, <laughs> but like, um, he gives him money, allows him to get patched up and whatnot, and then he comes across these people in the cab. The two men in the cab have robbed and killed the cab driver and are now looking to rob him. Yeah, uh-huh. This is not part of Su Hyun's plan. Mm -hmm. It's just a thing that happens. Yeah, what? it's kind of it's kind of superfluous to the movie. Like that didn't necessarily have to be there in terms of how important is this to the plot, huh? It is real cool though. I mean, oh I, man, the it's thing cool. is, it's so cool. Yeah, but it makes no sense. Yeah, but man, that scene where the camera's like spinning around and he's stabbing him, and dude, there's yeah. just so much blood but it's not yeah. like a kill bill like silly silly level it's like there's arterial spray and soaking yeah, in the clothes yeah cuz he stabbed the first guy right in in the neck uh immediately and yeah it just starts spraying everywhere oh man dude yeah it's it's insane the level of violence in this flick is i mean truly unflinching and and matter of fact it seems like a lot of it seems like clips that you'd find on like you know rotten.com in like 2001 uh -huh. or something yeah uh-huh it does that final scene you know spoilers obviously if you've listened to this but <laughs> that 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 final scene where our killer finally gets like decapitated by that guillotine is just unreal brutal yeah and very much like uh saw yeah, uh, it's like a weird setup, and I have some problems with that. Uh, I'm glad you said about Su Hyun, uh, hero in quotes, because yes. he's not a hero. He's he's uh, a monster. He's as he is the devil in this, right? Like the 
uh, Kyung Chul says this near the end. He says, you know, basically, no matter what you do, I've won. Yeah. You can't win because uh, what he did was drive a good man bad. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, all, like, all he ever expects out of life is to murder until he is killed. Yep. So he he's he's living his dream, but uh, Su Hyun has gone from secret agent uh, who's trying to get vengeance for his fiance's murder to secret agent who's responsible for uh, two women getting raped uh, and the two family members of his fiance being killed. Yes, you're exactly right. And I'll tell you what, man, that I think. Is, is a great way for me to bring up what I think is the point of this movie. Um, All right, let's hear it. I Because I, I also found a point to this, and I think we might have the same thing. I wonder if we do, because the thing about this movie is, and, and you'll see reviews everywhere of it touting it as a revenge flick. You know, you could say along uh-huh. the lines of I spit on your grave and stuff like that. It's, right, a, right, right. it's a revenge movie and all this jazz, or like Death Wish or something like that. Yeah. Um. And I see a lot of reviews from people that really hate this movie talking about how it's just senseless pornographic violence and rape and yada yada. Exactly. But the thing about this movie is, is that I don't really think that it's a revenge movie. I think that what this movie is, is it is a statement on corporal punishment. I think that it is a statement on the death penalty and treatment of sick and twisted individuals because here's something you got to understand um in america in in most places in america when when people are really naughty we kill them yeah and there is much to be said of that perhaps that is why the american value of each other's lives is so low that we will go and get a bunch of AK-47s and shit and open fire into crowds of people yeah. that we don't even know. Maybe kill, that... Kill maybe 500 people or exactly, something. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm not glorifying that or anything, but no. I will say that it's worth mentioning that in South Korea, they've not had the death penalty since like 1980. Yeah. Uh, they have not had the death penalty over there in a very, very, very long time. And what I think that this movie is kind of saying is... When you live in a society like that and somebody has been caught red-handed, obviously, obviously, as a lunatic, killer, sociopath, uh-huh. and your response is to do exactly what our hero does here and slap them on the wrist, he doesn't kill him. That's the point about this movie. He doesn't kill him. He uh-huh. tortures him and beats him and stuff, but not so much that he'll die. And then he waits for him to, he waits for the killer to fuck up again and do what he's going to do because he's sick and fucked up. And then he slaps him on the wrist again. And then guess what? The killer does the same shit again. He rapes somebody, he kills somebody, and then he slaps him on the wrist again. Mm. Whereas, and again, it's even more, it's even more matter of fact when you look at the fact that it's a fucking cop that's doing it. It's the arm of the law uh-huh. Not completing the job, so to speak, but rather just, again, slapping him on the wrist and hoping that will stop him. That's not the case at all. And I feel like that becomes especially apparent at the end of the movie, like you were just talking about, where he's like, you can't, you can't win. I have no feelings. I have no fear. I have no pain. Mm-hmm. You can't win 
trying to punish me for the acts that I'm going to commit. Mm-hmm. And basically with this story, if you get if you get down to it, if the first time that he encountered the killer when he was trying to rape that schoolgirl and stuff, if he would have just offed him, yeah. it would have saved several people's lives and saved some people from being raped and have their lives ruined and stuff. After that, uh, simply because he rather chose to slap him on the wrist instead and let him keep going. So I think that this movie is actually a very strong statement on sometimes you lose the right to live among the rest of us. If you choose to play the game this way, uh, sometimes you shouldn't be allowed to live amongst us. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying, and I have a different uh, thing. So uh, awesome, hit me. Um, I, I think I think you're you're right that there is the message. Uh, I mean, the obvious thing is that he should have killed him the first time mm-hmm. he came across him. Um, actually, the more obvious thing would have been he should have discovered where he was and then called the police. Yeah. Uh, and and then intervened to stop him from doing what he was doing and then held him down and then they could have taken him to jail. Yeah, because he always um, waits for him to do something yeah. awful and then runs in. It's like it's already yeah. too late. It's already too late by that point. That's the point, you know? Yeah, I... I don't know what he's doing with that, but what I I I find the message seems to be by the very end when he is uh, walking away, basically crying and laughing and not really sure of you know what he's doing with his life or whatever, is that uh, vengeance through violence is not going to solve the problem mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't fix anything for him mm-hmm. at the end he finally realizes it's like he realizes what he has lost and what he's thrown away mm-hmm. in his search for vengeance mm-hmm. um and so i think there's a, there's a complicated message here about how to deal with violence definitely and the thing the thing i think the full message is that violence begets more violence and no one is satisfied in the end with it. Yeah, that that's a good way cuz cuz even if you're looking at what I'm talking about as far as like just fucking yeah. off him from the get-go and it would have made people's lives better. Still at the end when he's walking away even after he's already killed him and stuff, you know, he set him up in that guillotine and and, and killed him. He's walking away and he's laughing and crying and stuff and it's possibly because he realizes that he's become just as bad because he stooped to his yeah, level. Yeah, he's He's uh, he's become a monster because he wanted to get full revenge on a monster. Like he he yeah. What he what we want? I, I, I this is a thought I had. Like um, because he says, you know, before he leaves him in that jigsaw type of trap to decapitate, be decapitated by his mother and his son for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why those people had to experience that, but um, yeah. What he says is, is uh, I hope, I hope that you know, basically there is an afterlife, so you have to suffer more. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize that, that for the longest time, uh, I've always thought of hell as just you know a, a boogeyman type of place to get in people's minds that you shouldn't do bad things because bad things will then happen to you after this life. Right. But I think we probably actually invented hell 
as a response to violence. Like we, mm. we probably as a people, when someone would maliciously murder another person that was close to us, what we wanted for them more than anything was not death, but a continual suffering. Right, Because right. that's what you experience as the person affected by that violence. So, yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's again, a, a message that I feel is very clear through this movie, too, is like, yeah, you know, the, the people that, like, this guy is, is raping and stuff like this, that's not just an action that happens and then it's over and you get over it. It's like that, that is pain that persists, I, I would yeah. assume, your your entire life and so on. So yeah. I think that he was wanting to inflict that on this guy. He's like, oh yeah, I'll give you continual pain through the rest of your life too. By doing what he does, Su Hyun, by allowing him to get to the point where, I mean, like, what the, let's talk rape real quick. Um, yeah. Rape isn't uh, completion. Like, uh-huh. Su Hyun's not saving either of these women from rape they've been no. sexually assaulted yeah exactly yeah like it whether whether they've been penetrated or not or, or whether he's ejaculated or not they've right. been sexually assaulted and he could have stopped it and he doesn't correct that's so exactly right he is he's complicit like he is just as much a monster wow as kyung chul because he allows it to happen he has to wait for him to get to that point before he punishes him again which which again yeah. is is kind of that like i keep saying slap on the wrist versus final you know final verdict kind of punishment yeah uh that's the problem with that is if you just keep letting people go and they are sick twisted individuals they'll just keep doing what they're going to do yeah i mean that is that is like uh that's the message of the joker in the dark knight that's exactly yep that's yep. the thing we're we're being taught over and over in in our pop culture now that they're irredeemable people and like you know what we know as we've read about serial killers they're yeah. people who the only thing they want is to inflict pain on others they don't care if they get caught they're fine with dying they're a-okay with uh never having to experience life again and and we have to deal with them like there's some you know the rest of us the herd to them because you know we're basically the prey like we'll never not be the prey because they don't care and we do uh we're basically the prey and we can't win they just have to be killed exactly (laughs) And, and and that's that's honestly the thing about it dude is like uh, I don't know. Again, anybody who's listened to the show probably knows I'm, I'm liberal as as all fuck about everything. But uh-huh. like honestly, I don't have a problem with the death penalty in in clear cut yeah. cases where, like I said, people have made the choice yeah. to not play the game by the rules that we have unspokenly set into place. Like for example, don't be yeah. raping, don't be killing. You make a choice to do that. It yeah. You know, I mean, you're a sociopath, whatever, but it's like you make the choice to do that. And I I personally don't have any problem with people receiving the death penalty in, in cases like that where it is clear cut. Yeah. You decided to do this to somebody. I've got no problem with that. It's just so rare that it's clear cut like it that. It is. It is. Yeah. You're very, you're very right. Mean, it is. 
like you you look at states like texas where they execute people left and right and each individual case when you look at it it's like this person this is not definite like this yeah there's is, some gray area yeah yeah um yeah, so uh, I I say err on the side of caution. Sure, of course, uh, of course. I, I say I say in the end, the things we need the most are prison reform, and we need uh, to to teach uh, people while they're growing up how to be people. Like it's, it's no just, shit, right? Like we don't teach people about sexual consent. We don't teach people about harm and what yeah. it does to others. Like. We don't teach those things in school because nope. it's like, well, it's being taught at home. Well, no, no, it's not. It's not being taught in a lot of they homes. They really need to know that Pythagorean theorem, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> well, you know, again, like uh, if I could overhaul the American education system, I wouldn't take the Pythagorean theorem out. But I would, <laughs> I would throw in an awful lot about uh, how to pay your bills, how to balance your checkbook what how to how to understand what politicians are saying and what they mean yeah and actual history instead of uh glorification of america history those yeah. are things i would love to see but you know i, I but what do i'm we not know? rich enough to be in charge of education <laughs> yeah no doubt <laughs> bessie devos go fuck yourself go fuck yourself <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of lines like that in this movie that I think are drawn, and I think that this movie does a good job of not making a self-righteous, clear-cut statement on, this is what should be done. This is how you do it. This is right. This is wrong. I think that this movie just puts a bunch of stuff up there for you to decide. I mean, even in the title, I Saw the Devil, is that a statement on him saying, I saw this guy who killed my fiance and stuff, or is this... Yeah. I saw the devil emerge in myself trying to right. get revenge on this person that brought these things out in me. Like, I think that it's all very ambiguous and it treads that line very that's well. The, the killing joke ending here with the exactly. sobs and the laughs. Like, that's yep. what it is. The ending is like, God, it's all so ambiguous. This might be a Batman movie. Fuck. Like, the main dude might be Batman. Yeah, he essentially is Batman. Like, Fuck. except that he's putting off killing him until the last moment. Batman would be doing all this, like, and then putting him in Arkham, and then he would escape, etc. But yeah, this is pretty much a Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, he runs into the Batman problem by not stopping these people. They get out, they kill more people, and stuff like this. It's like, yeah, that's the problem with not sinking to their level, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah, but like even in the end, like he sort of, sort of is able to wash his hands as far as responsibility for uh, uh Chul's death because he just sets up that jigsaw trap that I I mean conceivably he could survive like, <laughs> but he's not going to. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, it does have a, that Batman feel, but it also like that's what I'm saying. The ending is just like all the ambiguity is what like swirling in his head and swirling in the shot itself because the shot gets sort of chaotic as the camera is being walked back so there's like a little shake to it Mm -hmm. and he sort of stops walking and the camera's just slowly moving away from him like all that chaos is sort of what we we get from just having to deal with you know this this agent of chaos uh the psychopath kyung jewel or you know uh, most uh 
the most recognizable psychopaths that we have are CEOs and uh, lawyers and people in positions of power. Yeah, movie producers. Yeah, because psychopaths seek out power. Yep. So um, uh, this has a very relevant feeling at the end because it's like when it's all you're surrounded by psychopaths, which he is like he he deals with Kyung Chul. Kyung Chul ends up in a car with two psychopaths. Kyung Chul then goes to a home with two psychopaths. Like he keeps he keeps discovering is surrounded by psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's the thing Kyung Chul keeps saying is he keeps calling other people crazy and maniacs and stuff. Cause to him, what he does is is cut and dry. Like he wants to kill, so he does. No doubt. Uh, the others, they have their like quirks and thrills about it, but him, it's uh, he hunts down and 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 chops up women. Like to him, it's just a day to day activity. That's like the way we see it. The first kill is, you know, day to day stuff. This is how I do it. I have everything set up. I yeah. wash the floor. Everything's fine. It's crazy, man. It 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 is a crazy, very very real, very raw look into what it must be like to experience life that way now i think one of the things too about this movie that i think that enhances it very much actually even though it's absent for like 90 percent of the movie is the soundtrack yeah there's like no soundtrack at all for this true i i hardly noticed that the first time the second time i was like oh right this is just pretty quiet most of the time well, and it gives you that weird fly on the wall feeling where you're like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm watching a movie. I feel like I'm just hanging out watching this guy perform these heinous rapes and murders and so on. Yeah. Uh, I think it makes it more unsettling just to hear the ambient noise and the sound of, uh, you know, weapons being used on humans and screaming and crying and yada yada. Like, it makes it more unsettling that there's no driving soundtrack telling me what I should be feeling during that scene, you know? Yeah. One of my other major problems with this movie is women, the way it treats women. I mean, the the fact that uh, the serial killer is a killer of women is not... um, Mm -hmm. He's not something that uh, shouldn't be shown on on screen. It's 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 a fact of life that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, it, it happens too much for us to avoid it. Yeah. But the fact that the only woman who has any bit of personality at all is uh june at the beginning mm-hmm. Ju yoon has what i would call the uh well i mean this has already been defined that uh, women are either angels or whores she's the angel personality mm-hmm. she is, is the beginning of this movie is her talking to her fiance about how she went out to the orphanage just to visit the orphans Wow, yeah. Yeah, and then she's talking about how she wants to have kids, and then we find out later she's pregnant. And and the the implication is that a woman is valuable if she is motherly and sweet. Mm, yeah. So we're supposed to feel particularly bad about her because she visits orphans and she was pregnant. Do you think that's a cultural thing? Is it like a South Korean thing? I don't. I don't know. I don't we know. would do it any differently in an American horror movie. Like, yeah, no doubt, right? Um, but I do. I do know that in an American horror movie, there would probably the sister character who gets a little bit of play in this. She is the only female character in this with any 
sort of development, I would guess. Um, in an American movie, I would think that she she would probably be a bit more sassy and have a bit more of a personality to her. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least if somebody were looking to make this movie and to add in at least one female character who's not a victim. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, whatever. I uh, I understand though that like that in itself could be a statement that the female characters in this have no real voice. Like um, that 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 is is what creates this uh, environment where this type of killer can can emerge. Because the way he talks about women is, you know, it's it's some red pill nonsense where he's talking mm-hmm. about how like, you know. It shouldn't be creepy that he likes a girl and the, oh, you know yeah, all yeah. these bitches and like it's just like there's obviously something wrong with with him but for some reason he he thinks people should accept him for what he is i guess because his cannibal friend has a girlfriend and he's like why don't i have a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> earlier on when we were talking you mentioned the phrase fuck politeness what are you talking about fuck politeness it is uh one of the mottos uh of the women over at my favorite murder which is uh, an amazing podcast if you're looking for a true crime podcast i mean you mentioned the last podcast on the left that's a good one uh my favorite murder is my favorite murder podcast cool and that's one of the things they talk about because what they talk about when they talk about crimes is a lot of times they talk about uh, female victims and about how what happens is that these women don't want to be rude and they end up in situations where they get murdered. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I would say uh, Ju Yun in the beginning, she does a good job, I guess. She, she toes a line where she is... Uh, polite but also like dismissive and she really doesn't have an escape but the the victim who gets into the van while she's waiting on a bus like she just doesn't want to say no yeah it's like she doesn't want to just be like no leave me alone you're a fucking creep right uh so i i say to anyone out there any uh male or female uh, and especially if you're raising kids, teach your kids to say fuck politeness when you feel unsafe, when you feel like, uh, you know, you're alone in the middle of the night and someone approaches you and, you know, uh, you're intimidated by them. Fuck politeness. Just go the fuck away. Like walk away, run away. Yeah. Tell them to fuck off. Do whatever you have to do. Don't get yourself in a situation just because you don't want to be rude right (laughs) like it's a it's a ridiculous situation that that you see so often when you read about serial killers where like ted bundy preyed on that oh absolutely so you know he wore that like fake cast and so people like automatically felt sorry for him and they didn't want to be rude and tell him no i'm not gonna you know, help you load your groceries into your creepy VW bug. Um, yeah. And, and you know, so they would start doing it. He would club them over the head with his fake cast and toss yeah. them in the car and then and murder them. Like, do you want to lose your life in an effort to not look rude? Well, and that's, that's so heavily symbolic, isn't it? That, that basically the thing that he used to gain sympathy from them was literally the weapon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he 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 was a, he's a school bus driver basically. Like he he drives a van that takes students back to their home. 
Um, and so he drives around in that, which sort of gives him some legitimacy, like, because people are thinking, like, well, they wouldn't let him work around kids if he was fully creepy. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you, you have all these justifications in your head. If I have found it to be true, if you feel like a situation is uh, getting out of control or you're uncomfortable in a situation, just leave. Now, I, I'm not saying, I'm not, like... This this can be really um, triggering for some people who have been in these situations, who have been harmed in these situations where they are kicking themselves, saying, why didn't I just leave? Sure. Why didn't I just leave? And, and uh, no one should ever be throwing a, another log on that fire because they're already kicking themselves. Um, if you didn't just leave, it's not your fault. You still didn't commit a crime. You're yeah, not really. the criminal. Right. But if you want to stay safe and you want to avoid those situations, fuck politeness. Just do what you need to do to feel safe. Well, that's, now, that's don't, a good way to be. don't attack people. Like, don't just no. pull out your mace and start macing somebody. But, you know, get to a well-lit area. Run if you need to. I've, I've uh, in Russia, I almost got robbed twice. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> and both times was saved by the fact that... Uh, person with me spoke English and the person trying to rob me didn't and I was able to say in English run and then we ran <laughs> yeah now one complaint that I've seen about this movie many times is how inept the cops are I've seen a lot of people be like oh my god these cops yeah. are so fucking useless and they're bumbling and yada yada yeah, yeah and I think that that's the point I think that that's the point yeah. of saying look they're not solving anything they're they're un they're unarmed. They're yeah. literally bumbling around in large numbers, just chasing after these killers, not solving the problem at all. I think that yeah. that's the message that I got from how ineffective the cops are. Yeah, nine one one is a joke. Yeah, I I think the lack of guns in this is first off a great thing. Uh, we need far fewer guns, but uh, it also makes for a better action movie because um, yeah. Despite how cool people may feel when they fire a gun, which, by the way, if you've never fired a gun, it, you do feel pretty cool when you do it. Yeah, sure. Uh, despite how cool you feel when you shoot a gun, it's actually pretty boring in action movies where you're just watching shots of people shooting guns. Yeah, from and 50 missing feet each away other. and stuff, yeah. Yeah, when you could be watching a knife fight. Like, it's yeah. so much more interesting. Yeah, you're, you're right. This is one of the really rare uh, flicks of this type, kind of, you know, crime, thriller, horror kind of movies uh -huh. that doesn't feature really... And there's one gun. Yeah, there's yeah. one, There's one, and it's like a hunting rifle. Like, it's not yeah, like a which, fucking AK or some shit like that. Yeah, like, you're not, you're not uh, shooting up a, a huge crowd of people with a... a a shotgun. No, I don't think anybody actually gets shot either, do they? Like nobody no, gets hit. No, with nobody that gets. Thing. Yeah, nobody gets shot with it. And it is a it is a statement about that that culture, about the South Korean culture and their yeah their gun control laws and stuff, where even the police don't have guns. But it's also really effective in making this that much more visceral. I mean, the fact that mm -hmm. every murder is committed by hand. You know what I mean? It is by yeah. By stabbing, by beating, by man, that that scene where we see the killer bludgeon that dude's face with like that that weight. It's like a dumbbell. Oh yeah, like Ooh. that's ten times more brutal than him shooting him with a gun. It's so much Absolutely. more visceral and disgusting. It reminded me 
uh, although to a much lesser degree of, of Irreversible. Have you ever seen Irreversible? I have not. I know that that one is... Uh, Just don't watch was, it. Don't yeah. watch it. That's, that's, one, that's one of I've those heard. movies that like I... I frankly can say your life will be better if you don't see it. Don't so watch it. So you're saying that the title is is absolutely accurate. Yes, it that is. Watching like, it is irreversible. I completely agree. There is stuff in that movie that I will never forget. I fully wish that I had never watched that movie. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's fucked up beyond belief. But there's yeah. a scene in that movie where a guy gets his face like bashed in with a, a fire hydrant, which actually happens in this movie too. But oh yeah. yeah. Eight million times, yeah. yeah, eight million times more graphic and irreversible. Where it shows this guy's face getting yeah. progressively more just mashed in. But that scene where he's bashing with the dumbbell is really, god fucking gross. This movie has a lot of good practical gore effects, but there are two fuck yeah two times where their CGI is used. One of them is the dumbbell uh, to the face. Like it's yeah. really bad. CGI. It's not. It's not great. It did kind of yeah. take me out there for a second. It the just other turned. is when he like uh, hits that dude in the crotch with the uh, pipe wrench. Yeah, like there's it, kind of that it, blurry smear kind of it thing. It like bends and it's like that's not. Yeah, that looks bad. Yeah, could have done something different here. Yeah, it's true. That kind of reminds me of some of like the Takashi kind of special effects that he puts in some of his flicks, where it's just like, ah, oh, man, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Most of it is great, though. I mean, especially like it is. There's one where uh, the the killer uh, Kyung Chul hits a guy in the head, and his head starts squirting blood. Oh God! All of those yeah. shots where people are getting bashed in the head are just the worst, dude. It's so gross. Yeah. What do you think about the length of this movie? That's the last thing I want to ask you about. It's, it's not. It's not. It, it it's not uh, excusable. It really. It's isn't. long. I mean, it's, it's real too long. Long. Uh, here's what I would do. I would cut the cab scene because it yeah. makes no sense. It's true. Uh, I would shorten, despite the fact you got a lot of shots, I would shorten up those those long shots some. Uh, get it down to, I would say, an hour 50. Get 30 minutes out of this movie. Cause that, that would probably be easy. It, it would be. I, I, I guarantee it would be because you, you wouldn't have to cut any of the great stuff. You don't have to cut that uh, tense moment with the cannibal like any of that any of the stuff in the cannibal house like that's all pretty quick it all I thought goes that was cool yeah yeah a lot of great action and stuff but like you have so many shots of like him just listening to the transmitter that he makes uh kyung chul swallow mm-hmm. like you got so many shots of um you know uh kyung chul chopping up other victims like i think we get it after the first one like you can show you know quick snippets of it or whatever but it doesn't have to be as long and as drawn out because the first kill teaches us everything we need to know about how depraved he is mm-hmm. so i think you could cut uh cut out some stuff in those later kills i don't know it's it, it's just unbearably long at points I, I I agree, man. Like it's all it's all very beautiful. It never stops being beautiful. It never really stops being, you know, interesting. But the thing is, is yeah. it's kind of like what you're saying. It's like at the end of the day, and and this is one of those like songwriting things I think about too, where it's like, if you add in a third verse to this song, does it make it better? It's like <laughs> yeah, you can do it, but does it make it better? And right. I feel like there could have been some harder decisions made on on the editing floor 
in this movie. You know what I mean? It's just like there's definitely things that could have been shorter and, and more succinct. I would say that that's the biggest flaw of this movie because God knows yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's beautifully acted, even though I don't speak a, a word of Korean. Like, yeah, all, but you can tell. You can tell. Oh it's man, na- yeah, everything's coming out naturally. I mean, the totally. the guy who plays Kyung Chul, uh, Choi Min Sik, is amazing in this. Oh, he is creepy so as fuck. fucking creepy and scary, and not over the top like silly no, scary either. Never. It's mm. always just like stoic. Turn, yeah. The thing is being able to turn on a dime. Yes. Like that's the scary thing about serial killers. And that's the amazing thing about actors. Yeah. Like, an actor who can turn on a dime like that can create a, a really menacing character in just a second. Like, the Absolutely. way he he's just, you know, laughing uh, in the car, in the taxi, and then just starts fucking wailing on the driver, and then, yeah. like, fighting. Like, it just goes, like, in a second. Well, it's like the Hannibal thing, you know? It's, it's like a Yeah, exactly. Thing. Well, and that actually Hannibal, the cannibal uh, character in this is definitely some nod to Hannibal, right? Like the way he lives in this really opulent house and has all these like, uh, he, he's really into his food, et cetera, which I is should eating think, people. Yeah. yeah. So he, he seems to be some reference to Hannibal, but he's also insane. Yeah. I mean, Hannibal's insane, but he's uh, a genius insane. This guy is just crazy. Insane. Yeah. Got no brain. crazy. Yeah, it's uh it's an interesting flick. I, I do think that its length is its biggest um weak point. Cause honestly, I mm. can't really say there's there's much else about the movie that I dislike. I like the minimal soundtrack, I like yeah. the acting, I love mm-hmm. the visual, and I love the the moral ambiguity of this movie. Yeah. And and like I said, how it never self righteously says, Look, this is how we should be handling things. I think that it yeah. puts things out in front of you and says, Well, what do you think? Yeah, and the only thing to think is I don't know. Like, yeah, right. Just like, I have no idea. I have yeah. no idea what to do. It's so gray, but I I do think the length of this movie is something that will keep me from watching it again anytime soon. I mean, you, you uh-huh. said it best. It's like ten minutes shorter than Fellowship of the Rings and features yeah. way less set pieces. You know. Yeah. yeah, Fellowship of the Ring. You just think about it two and a half hours they go from the shire uh all the way to you know uh fuck they cross the river and yeah head towards uh head towards uh mordor like there yeah. there's so much that happens in that time and in this it's just so so little yeah i totally i totally totally agree man so i do think that that's one thing that keeps it from being amazing to me but i do still think that this is a a fantastic and, and fascinating movie uh for fans of horror and crime thrillers and so on i think that if you're a fan of science of the lamb and you know red dragon and all that kind of stuff yeah uh-huh and even oh, yeah, movies this is like, perfect like, for you. like yeah like maniac or seven. and stuff like that seven oh yeah maniac yeah, yeah. That's, i i'm glad you brought that up because i thought that so many times with the scenes with him like with his victims oh creepy so much like maniac the way he's talking to them and stuff like just yes I'm sure I'm sure Got that the some maker weird logic in his head. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that the maker of this has seen Maniac and Seven and Sons uh-huh. of the Lambs. It, it reeks yeah. of a lot of those films. So overall, I would say for myself, if I'm going to rate this movie, I think that 
I think that I'm going to rock it like a seven and a half out of 10 is where uh-huh. I would put it. What about you? I'm going to rock it like a hurricane. Um, Okay. Uh, I, I think there can be some excuse in any movie to not have a strong female or a strong male character. Sure. I think there can be a reason for that. I don't think there is a reason for that in this movie. I think they could have made um, Ju Yun's sister a stronger character. They mm-hmm. could have made uh, her. Uh, they could have allowed her to survive. She didn't have to, you know, be like that. Could have added to the tension at the end of him trying to save her, or maybe even they allow they you know let her die. But like she at least gets an on-screen death Mm -hmm. she doesn't even die on screen in this they just show her dead body so uh, that would have been better but again like it it, as i said it could be a particular statement about what it is that creates these type of people where they're um they see women only as angels and whores and uh this particular guy likes killing angels um i i really do like I would say every shot is a good shot. Yeah. Every single shot. I think a lot of them should be cut just for time, not because they're not great, but just for time. Yep. Um, I, again, I, I think you're right with the music, like how minimal it is, but how perfect it is when it is there. Um, and, and the acting is great. Uh, as I said, uh, Kyung Chul, the guy who plays Kyung Chul is awesome. The guy who plays Soo Hyun, uh, the main guy, a good looking dude, and he plays the secret agent role really well. Like this, totally, man. I, I'm surprised there's not like some sort of, I, I don't know. He might have some sort of secret agent role out there. We don't know about, I, cause I don't know Korean movies very well. Uh, but he, he plays it really well. Um, so I think you know i think you're right on there like seven and a half like i completely agree seven and a half for sure i'm, gl- I'm glad you came around to it because i think on your first viewing it seemed like you were fixing to fucking oh, yeah. flush this I thing was, yeah absolutely because i i didn't man i don't know it didn't hit me exactly that the the point was that he's turning into a monster to me it was just like okay they're presenting him as this secret agent but he's just fucking up like constantly yeah but the actual presentation of him as the turning into the monster is the point. Totally. Yeah, like if you watch this as a revenge movie, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah, it's super disappointing in that from that yes, standpoint. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if you expect him to be Liam Nar- Liam Neeson or Charlie Bronson, then that is th- this movie is going to be illogical and not make sense. It's about the process of sinking to someone's level and becoming as bad as they are to try and inflict on them what they inflicted on you. Yeah. Um, I think that's really fascinating. I'm glad you dug it, man, because I, I think that it's definitely a very cool flick. And thanks to my lovely wife for suggesting that we cover <laughs> this movie, as well as our several other dead and lovely yeah, we found listeners and stuff yeah. and, and people on our Facebook page and stuff that have suggested that we do this flick. So... Uh, thank you guys for suggesting. Now, Steve, they can be dropping us some more suggestions and stuff. Hell yeah. You can always find us uh, deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. Um, we're also on the Instagrams, on the Twitters as at deadlovelypod. And we have a great Facebook group. A uh, lot, of, lot of activity over there in the past couple months. So oh, no, it's been great. Get on over there. Join us. Right on. You guys Join can follow. <laughs> you guys can follow me on 
Instagram at ben, Instagram and Twitter, I should say, at Ben Eller Guitars. And Steve, where can they find you? At Steven Spratling, Steven with a V, the only way to spell it. Now, Steve, before we wrap up, I've just got to ask you, what are we going to be covering for our first movie in February? And what's the idea? You came up with a theme for us here. I did. Uh, I want to celebrate Black History Month. Uh, and that's not a joke. I'm not uh, doing some uh, super ironic Black History Month celebration. I, I think uh, the history of uh, black people in horror is uh, tragically small and short and yep. needs to be increased. So what we went with for this month is we're doing movies where the black person doesn't die hell yeah i like it we're starting out with uh a big one that uh will really get into why i think it's one of the most important black horror movies of all time and it is tales from the crypt demon knight now i'm excited to watch this because i have never seen it before so this will be the first time that i've ever mm, i think you'll enjoy it i don't know anything about it like i literally don't know anything that it's about yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it's a very enjoyable horror movie, but I have not seen it since 96 or so, whenever it came out, so I'm not positive, but uh, I remember enjoying it a lot. Right on, man. Well, I'll look forward to seeing it, so you guys be sure to tune in next week and check out our episode all about that. In the meantime, please go on iTunes, rate and review this podcast. It just takes a second. Keep it G-rated really helps us out a lot so please go on itunes rate and review in the meantime we'll be seeing you guys in about seven days as samara once said uh <laughs> you guys about seven days about seven days is when i'll if see if i you. make it the traffic's real bad <laughs> yeah i got a lot i gotta be working on and stuff so. well you guys have been just fucking fantastic and we have been dead and lovely good night we'll see you next week Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.